Hello, and welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hey guys, buddy C. Hope everyone is settling into their new year, getting in the groove, getting back to normal. Today we've got the 66th chapter talking about going with the flow, not resisting. A lot of good water analogies today. A lot of talk about how to be humble, difficult when you're an alcoholic in every way, right? I'd like to welcome everyone. Oh, there's Marla. We didn't think you were going to make it today, dear. She's trying, but it's dark and quiet. She's in California today. So, Jan's coming in. That's good. Okay. Welcome uh, Kate and Lala and Marla and Jan and Tina and Rob and Paul and Matt. Good to have Matt, new, new listener today. And then uh, Craig. I don't know if it's good to have Craig or not. We'll, we'll have to be the judge of that. And Rebecca, good. Jan, you, 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 Jan's been to the barber. Yeah, buddy, I'm... Uh... We're getting uh, proverbially uh, clean. <laughs> you got your uh, you got your money's worth. I'll just let you know that. <laughs> yeah, but I suddenly I suddenly see my double chin is back. Um, As you get older, you you just change the camera a little bit, move the camera <laughs> up, and then you. Won't see it. <laughs> uh, they they got they got to have a laptop camera that comes from the bottom up. Uh, that's it. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the sixty sixth chapter of the Tao Te Ching. Kate, you going to read for us today, ma'am? I am. All right. Let me share the screen. First translation. Why is the sea king of a hundred streams? Because it lies below them. Therefore, it is the king of a hundred streams. If the sage would guide the people, he must serve with humility. If he would lead them, he must follow behind. In this way, when the sage rules, the people will not feel oppressed. When he stands before them, they will not be harmed. The whole world will support him and will not tire of him. Because he does not compete, he does not meet competition. Second translation. All streams flow to the sea because it is lower than they are. Humility gives it its power. If you want to govern the people, you must place yourself below them. If you want to lead the people, you must learn how to follow them. The master is above the people, and no one feels oppressed. She goes ahead of the people, and no one feels manipulated. The whole world is grateful to her. Because she competes with no one, no one can compete with her. Third translation. Rivers and seas are rulers of the other streams of hundreds of valleys because of the power of their low position. If you want to be the ruler of people, you must speak to them like you are their servant. If you want to lead other people, you must put their interests ahead of your own. The people will not feel burdened if a wise person is in a position of power. The people will not feel like they are being manipulated if a wise person is in front as their leader. The whole world will ask for her guidance and will never get tired of her. Because she does not like to compete, no one can compete with the things she accomplishes. 
Final translation. An ocean is greater than the hundred rivers that flow into it, and all it does is wait to receive what they bring. If you want to teach people, don't talk down to them. If you want to lead them, find out where they want to go. People love leaders who make them feel safe without smothering them. They'll always support a leader like that, and because he doesn't try to compete with anybody, nobody is able to compete with him. Good stuff. I put the link in the chat. If you want to pull that up on your computer, you're welcome to. Any comments this morning starting out? Just unmute or raise your hand if you have a comment. Craig? I think there's definitely a lot of humility in that. More so from a leader's point of view. I think it, it teaches us not to not to get above anybody else, but just to remain right-sized. And by doing the right thing for everybody else, um, everything else is going to come into natural order. Water's used a lot throughout this. The idea that the ocean is the greatest body of water because it's the lowest that all the other water in the whole world, on the whole earth, runs into the ocean for one reason and one reason only. It's because it's the lowest. And that the ocean continually gives back, we've talked about this before, to the whole world through, you know, through evaporation and rain and that whole uh, process. So the, the ocean is continually giving back, but yet it is the lowest. Um, and I think the idea that we can get out of this, a lot of this is how, how we can emulate the ocean really is the whole idea behind it, I think. And I think there's a lot of tools here that can show us that how, and it's interesting how it says in the second translation there that humility gives the ocean its power. So it's almost like, the power is not the um, goal. Humility is the goal. And if the ocean is the lowest, then, the, then it's going to be the greatest. It doesn't have to try to be the greatest. It just is. And how we can look at that in our own life and learn to emulate that. It's like, you know, we all want to be full of peace and joy, right? about everything, but we can't make peace and joy the goal. Uh, for me, peace and joy is the fruit of me doing the right things, is the fruit of me doing the will of God. If I wanted to throw a Bible at it, I could, uh, Romans fourteen seventeen says, the kingdom of God, which is the will of God, is, in my thinking, is not meat and drink. It's not the stuff we see, touch, and feel. It's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, it would be by doing the will of God, we have peace and joy in our life is the way I see that. So us having any kind of status or accomplishing anything in life would come from, would be a fruit of being humble. So the goal needs, the goal in my thinking is to do the things that would make me humble and everything else would fall into place. That's that's my thinking on this. But I have a bunch of good notes on this. There's a lot of good ideas. 
if anyone has anything, we've got a bunch of people. So if I don't see you mute, unmute, interrupt me, or raise your hand if you're on a PC and it's easy to do, uh, they have a little hand raise in there. So, But if I don't see you, just interrupt me. I'm just going to talk on. Marla, it's good to have you this morning. We didn't know if we'd have you or not. Hey. So uh, she's just listening today, I think. She's in California visiting her daughter. So good, good, good to have you. Hope your trip's going well. Um, humility gives it its power. Um, I want to talk about this idea that there's no one competes uh, because he does not compete. He does not meet competition. It's that if no one, uh, the idea, and I, I had a lot of notes on this because I, I want to give a shout out to Zach E. He's a sponsee of mine, and it's interesting how God puts people together. This guy came from the same background I did through church as a teenager. I mean, it's almost identical, our backgrounds, except he's a few years younger. And we meet every Wednesday and talk about a chapter of the Tao, the Tao Te Ching. We talk about this chapter sometime in the past. And he just has so much insight. I've been trying to get him on the podcast or in the in the meeting, but he's kind of shy and he doesn't he doesn't like doing these things. But man, he has been so helpful. Uh, and there was an idea that came out of our talk that uh, that no one can lose if no one is winning. If I'm not in, a, if I don't put myself in a competition, then there's no one that can lose. So. Whatever it is that I'm doing, if I'm not out to beat whoever in whatever interactions going on, then there's no one who can lose either. And I think that's a way that we can think about this competition business. Is, is my whole life a competition? It used to be. It used to be. Craig, you have something? Sir? I have. That kind of relates to putting unfair expectations on yourself as well. I think it's. Yeah. Uh, if you put expectations on yourself that, that you know are really quite high or the opposite, other people are putting expectations on you, things that you know that you're not going to live up to, that's kind of putting yourself in a negative mindset because it gives you this victim mentality that I'm never achieving this, I'm never doing this, I'm never doing right by other people, and kind of fall into the people-pleasing category. So I think expectations is, expectations is is a big thing not to live up to. Yeah, you know, and, and part of that really is learning how to live more in the moment. That helps me the most with expectations, because if I'm uh, if I'm expecting some outcome, I'm not in the moment. I'm never in the moment if I'm expecting an outcome. Kirsty, um, I think I mean it talks about uh, leadership, um, and I mean my experience of that is is twofold really um there's there's the stance in which you are in competition and you're driving you're you're literally driving yourself competing with others and you're you're willing to do whatever it takes to not necessarily win the race but i don't know trample all over people um but at the same time there's there's the the leader that helps other people um and i had i i placed myself in both those positions so competing with those above me 
that I thought I had to in order to win, win's the wrong word, progress, and then also almost being of service to those that I was responsible for as a manager. Um, and, And that's where humility came into it because I knew I was once in their position and I wanted to help them be the best person that they could be and also balance things in a way that that I just wasn't um so almost teaching them how not to do things as well um and but there's a there's a there's a part of me that that thinks as of today rather than competition it's it's about equality because I think there are there, there are some people that believe that there's almost I've, I've seen it in action where leaders and they put themselves almost they play it down and they do whatever they can and they they allow themselves to be trampled upon and that I've seen subservience and and I don't. I don't think that does anything for self-esteem. If you think of yourself as equal to anyone, um, then that takes out the need for competition um, because you're equal to the next person, so there's nothing to compete with. Um, And you're able to share ideas and, and... work on projects together and I guess this is I'm talking mainly from the workplace but also outside of the workplace as well you know anybody anybody that I happen to meet now I don't judge them as better or less than than myself which I would have done before um and I think that's what people generally do um for me it's about well everybody is human Everybody is connected as a human being and therefore everybody is equal. And if I take that view, then for me, I don't feel, I personally, I don't feel less than, I don't feel greater than, um, which was kind of a dichotomy of me heavily in addiction. Um, There was my, you know, I felt worthless, but then I also felt, that I was a lot better than a lot of people as well. Um, whereas today, it's not like that. You know, you think you're better than me? Well, you can just go and off. Um, because I have not got time for people who think they're better than I am. Um, because, I don't know, it's just bullshit. You want to believe your own bullshit, then that's fine. But... As far as I'm concerned, I'm as equal to my daughter as I am to my father-in-law. He will never hear this podcast, but, you know, he thinks he's better than everybody else. And I'll quite happily tell him that he's not. Um, so, anyway, yes, that's what, that's what I have so far. Thanks, Kirsty. Kate, you have something? I tend to think with this thinking that you're better than or less than other people I kind of go into thinking that um I am I I guess in my addiction I thought I was better than everybody all the time and I well I acted like I thought I was better than everybody 
I actually kind of thought that I was less than people, but I always acted like I thought I was better than everybody. In my recovery, I don't act like I think I'm better than people, but I think I actually am more insecure than I used to feel because, but I, I mean, I'm, it's something that I'm working on. Well, it's a paradoxical way of thinking, Kate. Yeah. It's the opposite of what we're taught. You know, uh, the idea in this third translation says you must put their interest ahead of your own. That's what Kirsty was talking about. That's the difference between trampling everyone and how can I help you? By helping you, I help me. And that's a whole nother mentality. It's not, you know, it's no longer I have to fight everyone to get my peace of whatever the pie is, you know? It's no longer that. It's the opposite. I help you get your piece of pie, and mine just shows up. And if you say that doesn't work, uh, I'm experiencing the total opposite of that. So, you know, I mean, teach it on. a different way of looking at, looking at that whole thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Total, total opposite way of looking at that. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that it's the same, it's the basis of recovery for us. When I help you with your recovery, when I help another alcoholic, it helps me with my alcoholism. And it's that idea that I am helped by helping you. I'm not helped by doing everything for me. It's the total opposite. And it works in everything everything so that yeah i can see how and making that transition is the hardest it's not difficult once you make the transition because you know it works because you can you could look at gratitude right now and see it working in your life but it's not as apparent and then as time goes on you really don't even have to look for it it gets easier and easier so because I bet you could look at gratitude right now, make you a gratitude list about a situation and see how God's working it in spite of you. Mm-hmm. And how when you help other people in whatever the situation is, you feel better, you're helped, so forth and so on. So, right? Does that make sense, Kate? I think it does, yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Rob? Um, I'm doing the steps. I'm at the tough one right now, and so everything is kind of centering around that in my mind, uh, step four. And I, the, the thing that is crazy is I, I can practice, I can practice this, the Tao, and I can practice this forgive people I want to naturally um, go punch in the face, sorry, and I'll, I'll use that muscle, I'll use this lesson of humility on, um, in my life, I had a guy hit me, um, T-boned me doing 50, 55 miles an hour. And the only way I could get over the anger and the rage and, and this group and some folks, buddies' comments helped me reach this point of, well, I'm going to pray for him. I'm going to look at the situation of I'm not... I'm not um, in control of much. and definitely wasn't in control of that. He, this wasn't personal. It just happened. It just is. And I'm in that moment. And I'll, I'll learn this humility. 
uh, for that instance. So I didn't have to add him to my list. He just surprisingly didn't show up on my list of people I was pissed at. But then I got six other people on the list. So this is something that, um, like a lot of these lessons and being the alcoholic, and I got to learn it over and over and over, and I, I got a short memory. Uh, I think somebody said the ism on alcoholism is incredibly short memory. This is hard for me. And the whole leadership versus management, our society says from the day we're born that we manage people. You know, we're over top of them. We lord over them because we're almighty. We went to school or we got lucky. We went to Ivy League or whatever we did to have to claw up the ladder to make 450 grand a year, you know, we, we're good, you know. And the rest of you are peons, and you're just lucky to be working for me. And, you know, these lessons, this, this whole thing, it's like, um, man, you don't get fit in one workout, and you don't lose weight by eating 1,200 calories one day or whatever. Uh, it's difficult. And it's kind of like this over and over and over and over again. So where I'm at in this journey is, it's like, ah, okay, pull the tool out. I know this. And sometimes it takes me till midday to figure it out. And if I'm not centered and starting the day out and get my position where I at, am at in this thing, um, everything comes from a position of, you know, I'm this big, I got this much control, everything else from this point is, it just is, I'm in it, and I got to take it as it comes and, and hope hope I stay centered and don't go off the rails. Anyway, that's, that's what I got. You know, Rob, it's like, you know, the old adage about eating the elephant a bite at a time. You, you really don't have to pressure yourself with this, you you only really have, if you think about it this way, this is the way I try to think about it. I'm only, if I can keep in the current moment, what I would need to surrender is only what's in front of me. All that other stuff can come when it comes. Whatever it is I'm dealing I'm only dealing with the one thing in the moment. So if I can narrow it down to the moment, it's not so much that I have to let go of or surrender. I just have to surrender what's right in front of me right now so you know when you're starting this journey it can be so overwhelming if you're looking at the whole picture but if you can narrow that picture down okay right now what's really bothering me is this okay well let me surrender that okay i need to pray for the it's not these other things aren't it's just this thing in front of me and if you can narrow it down to what's right in front of you it really helps to 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 make that piece small enough to where it's not overwhelming, if that makes sense. So, good. Thanks. Uh, Paul? Yeah, I've just got a couple of thoughts on this topic. Uh, First of all, as far as the leadership goes, uh, one of the things, one of the many things I love about my job is that my boss uh, is not a micromanager. Uh, He has has some faults, but that's not one of them. what he are his faults, Paul? Let's talk about no. no he may he may hear this someday. This is I'm sorry. No, no. But uh, like I said, micromanagement is not one of them. I've worked for micromanagers before, and it was terrible. It was awful. Always looking over your shoulder. Uh, I, I don't want to ever work for anybody like that again. So, but my boss, uh, he trusts my judgment. He trusts me to get the job done. He he, you know, and and it helps that we communicate. I talk to him. Uh, every day I take the mail over and, and we sit and talk, uh, not just about work, but about life in general and that kind of stuff. So, uh, but 
I think that's what this verse is kind of talking about. You know, don't be a micromanager, you know, but, and my other, my other thought on comparing yourself to others, that was a big thing that fueled my addiction for a long time. Um, I've, I've always kind of done things my own way and I, I, I've just become much more self-accepting of that since I found recovery that I, I can't compare myself to other people because I'm an individual and I do not conform to a lot of the rules of society and I'm just fine with that. But it took me a while to accept that. So that's, that, that's my thoughts on this. Thanks, Paul. Uh, Rebecca, you have something? Uh, yes, actually. Sorry. I'm, um, <laughs> kind of, I was on the spin bike while I was talking to you and I've been in and out, um, okay. I took my daughter to school. Um, but it's great to be here with everybody. Um, so I haven't heard everything. Um, but I've, what I have heard, um, it's really interesting. Um, because in certain aspects I am a leader and in other aspects, I am not a leader at all. Um, I'm an actor. And so as such, I rely on my director to tell me what to do probably about 75% of the time. Um, depending on the director, they let you trust your instincts, um, which is great and super cool. But ultimately, they have the ultimate power. Um, but I do, I do definitely think that the best directors are former actors themselves. So, or current actors, um, just because they understand that kind of creative process. Um, in the other aspect, I am definitely in charge um, of my education. I'm in grad school right now. And so I'm, I have to structure my schedule. I have to do all of that, um, which I'm kind of struggling with because jumping back into sobriety and back into my healthy routines takes time away from where I'd normally be in the studio. Not much, but just enough that it's like, oh, now I really have to focus and work. I can't procrastinate anymore. So that's uh, that's what I've got going on. Thanks, Rebecca. Kirsty? Um, I think I'm just I'm just um, bouncing off what what Paul was saying. Um, I I use yeah I used to be. Um, nothing short of a tyrant and it was tiring it was so divorced from my true self and now that I'm allowing myself to be that true self irrespective of whether it fits into society or not and believe it or not it doesn't um that alone brings not just relief but contentment and when it then when you then look at leadership it's not actually leadership it's more you become a role model for other generations or even people that are you know that you have impact on a day-to-day life you know i met somebody today in town um she's you know working too much and saying this and she went oh i wish you know what 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 can i do and i just like shut off your emails at six o'clock yeah, yeah, I should do that. And it's like, but that, you know, it come that comes from a lot of it. That comes from acceptance and allowing yourself to um, grow um, and change. 
and not think about what others think about you. Um, and that brings with it, well, the promises, all the promises, <laughs> they do yeah. come through. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Thanks, Kirsty. How about this idea in the fourth translation? It says an ocean is greater than a hundred rivers that flow into it. And all it does is wait to receive what they bring. I'll do it, Marla. (laughs) (laughs) All the the ocean does is wait to receive what the rivers bring to it. The ocean's not working to get things from the river other than to be the lowest or the other sources of water. It just waits to see what's brought to it. Man, isn't that so much easier? (laughs) So how do we do that? Craig? We don't push. We don't push for things to happen. We just let things go in their own time. Every Everything in its own season. If we push things, we start to interfere with things. We start to interfere with things, and we start to think we're back in control of things. Think back in control of things, and that's us go back off to the races. Yeah. So just let it be. Let, let it be. be. Let, let it be. be. Let it be. How about this... Um... A phrase that people love leaders who make them feel safe. So the first question for me to ask, and I did this negotiating all the time, way before I knew anything about the Dow. If I was buying a house, and I bought hundreds of houses, the first question I asked, I wanted to figure out and let the person I'm talking to talk enough to where I could figure out what they really needed. If I could figure out what they needed, most of the time it was not money. They may have needed just to get rid of the debt. They may have needed me to give them 30 days after the sale for them to clean their stuff, to get their stuff out. They may have needed a U-Haul to California. They may have needed all kinds of things I have done for people, which was not necessarily, I paid off credit cards. I've done all kinds of things because what I found out it was not exactly the sale itself or the money from the sale that everyone needed. They all, if that did not fit into some other thing that they needed, it it wouldn't work for them. So I had to figure out what they needed. And that's part of this too, is that if we look at whoever we're interacting with, because most of this has to do with our interactions with other people, what is it that they need from us or need out of the interaction? And taking the lower position is saying, I will help you get what you need, not this is what I will do, and if it works for you, so be it. That's the opposite approach. So I think the idea that we even have a concern about them in any way really is is a big part of this. I have a list of things that I pulled out of this chapter about being humble. To be humble would be to follow behind, to be lower, to find out where others want to go, put their interests ahead of yours. All that said in these four translations. Wait to receive what others bring. Do not talk down. Do not manipulate. Wayne Dyer added a couple of things in. No judgment, no exclusion. We talked about that. My wife's not going to listen to this, so I'm going to say something. (laughs) If I ever want her to agree with me, 
I have to show her where there is security in my decision. If I can make her feel secure, I can do anything that I want to do. She has to feel secure. (laughs) So the first question I ask is not my voice get loud enough to where she will agree with me, (laughs) because that's not the way to do it. Even if she does agree, she's not really agreeing, and she's going to find a way to buck against it, okay? But if I can convey to her a way that this decision makes her more secure, then I can pretty much know she's going to agree to do whatever it is I'm wanting to do. You like the Jonathan Starr translation, Craig? Yeah, I like his whole book. Yeah, it's great, man. If you, if you guys want something to dig in a little deeper in the Tao, uh, this is the Tao Te Ching, the definitive edition, Jonathan Starr. This is the look. What I like about that is... But make sure you get the the one that's got the translations in it, too, because you can get just – he does a translation. Then he does a layout of each chapter where you can do your own translation, like all the words that it could possibly mean, which is really cool. And this is what I'm finding out. Chinese is like, from what I read, is like picture. So each each image – is like someone translating what they see in a picture. Mm-hmm. So just like we we read words, but the translation is, oh, that picture means this or means that. So that's why there's so many different ideas to what something can mean because, you know, we all look at a picture and we all see something a little different. And it's that same mentality in the translation. So that's part of it too. Uh, there was a couple of ideas he had that were really let me see here. Here it is. The sage stays low so the world never tires of exalting him. Taking what's brought, you know, just receiving what's brought to you. He remains a servant so the world never tires of making him its king. Wow, such a such an easier, better way to live, right? And it all goes back. All of this is saying the same thing just a million different ways. Recovery saying the same thing, a million different ways. It's what I can do for you, not what you can do for me. Everything is that one thought that I can see. Just said so many different ways so that we can see it. Don't y'all think, is that is that not it? Uh, that's, that's what I see. It always goes back to the same question. It's what can I do for you? How can I help you? And if I help you, I always get what I need. Always, always, always. Um, The one thing I want to pull from is uh, this idea of competing, that uh, because she competes with no one, no one can compete with her. That word compete, they say, could mean contend, quarrel, resist, go against the flow. So if you're thinking about the river, she doesn't resist. She just goes with the flow. So no one resists her. Makes sense. We know that our feelings and our thoughts and our emotions, the first thing that we have to, when those things pop up and we want to, it's something that we're trying to surrender, Rob, something we're trying to surrender. You're talking about that. First thing we have to do is stop resisting them. Just let ourselves be for a minute. Stop that resistance. Because when we resist, 
we're giving that power by resisting it. And when we stop the resistance, just let ourselves feel it for a minute. It's amazing how quick it just goes away. I realized that with anger. We've talked, I've talked about that multiple times. First time I did that, something I would have gotten angry about that made no sense at all that was in my head. Um, I just said, okay, I'm going to be angry about this for a minute. And it just went away. I'm like, wait a minute. I wanted to enjoy being angry about that a little longer. And it went away too quick, you know. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. All right. Uh, anything else from Jonathan Starr you want to talk about, Craig? Does that cover him? Let's let's move to Wayne Dyer. I'm not seeing – am I missing any comments? We've got more than the Brady Bunch today, so I'm having to watch a little closer. I tell you. <laughs> yeah. <that> was. <laughs> Um, let's go to Wayne Dyer and see what he's got to say today. He's got some good stuff. I'm not able to see everyone, so just speak up if you want to, if you have a comment while we talk about this. Uh, his translation is pretty much what we've heard from everyone else. Uh, you know, we talked about humility giving, uh, giving the power. So the goal is to be humble and everything else falls in place, right? Living by emulating the sea. Unlike the perception of God as an old white man who created a universe where your behavior may cause you to be sentenced to damnation for eternity, the Tao is perceived as a natural energy. The source of life isn't seen as a deity monitoring earthlings like a king or dictator, since it doesn't dole out punishment or withhold rewards. Lao Tzu taught that the Tao only asks you live in harmony with nature. I wish, I wish in a way this was available for people who perhaps are turned off by the likes of the 12-step program because they don't like the word God. Because for me, that is my translation of what my perception of what a high power is. And it wasn't until... I started reading or started doing these meetings that actually my um, spirituality started. Um, and so I really, really hope that there are more people, more and more people listening to this because I think that will then fill that gap and enable them to accept the 12 steps as it almost be a kind of a stepping stone for them to perhaps re-enter 12-step programs. Um because I know it turns a lot of people off, irrespective of whether it's of your own understanding. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, when they first started AA, I don't know if you know the history, they wanted to, there was a big debate about, and, and they ended up with God of our understanding, which was a huge leap for them. And I, I, I'm very glad for that. And really, I, I think it should be the God of our misunderstanding is really more appropriate for me. But you're right, Kirsty, and my idea of God has changed over time, too, to more of a, a way, a path of love than this deity. And it's great. I don't have to figure that out. I don't have to have that firm in my thinking. I just know that when I love people, my life works out to something much better. So, you know, and I know that when I get rid of those resentments, Rob, that you were talking about, I don't hate people. I want to love people. I want to do for people naturally. So that tells me that there's love underneath 
all these defects and things and all the fear and the things I carry. So uh, it's just more of this path and this way of life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for Lao Tzu, nature's great symbol is water, and he, re- and he refers to it in many of the 81 passages. When you emulate that element, you'll begin to see that judgment and exclusion have no place in the Tao. Be like the sea advises Lao Tzu, and the world will never tire of exalting you. The essential message presented in this verse and in many others of the Tao Te Ching is that the ocean is king of all because it's because it knows how to stay low. All streams are ultimately all streams must ultimately flow to the sea, and in the process it becomes a servant to all. The teachings here are clear. Be humble. Never put yourself above others or see yourself as superior to anyone. The highest power is a yielding valley. Become a servant, not a dominator. Man, that's good stuff. I want to skip on over and read one more section. Never assume that you know what's best. If Even if you're older, wiser, and richer than others and have more influence and power than they do, Never assume that you know what's best for anyone. Instead, imagine yourself as the great ocean that allows and encourages the smaller streams to come to you. Stay low, speak softly, and remain humble, and let others be in control of their lives as much as is humanly possible. By seeing yourself as the all-receiving sea, you remove your ego from the picture and thus become like one of the leaders referred to in this verse of the Tao Te Ching. No one should feel the heaviness of your directions or be hurt by your instructions. Wow. Then one more section. Remain a servant. See yourself as someone who's on this planet to assist others. Look for opportunities to be of aid, particularly to those who need your leadership. Totally different mindset, isn't it, Kirsty, than what we're taught in, in business. Remember that the great sea serves everyone by being a life-supporting receiver of all who wish to partake in her bounty. So practice emulating her by expressing the Tao. And to do the Tao now is dedicate a day to leading by serving as opposed to giving orders. Find occasions to stifle your learned ability of interfering and telling others what to do and allow them to flow to you instead. Commit to this principle further by encouraging someone to make the, encouraging someone to make the decision rather than following your orders. Wow, good stuff. Comments? I have, I have a few. Okay. Um, Good morning, everybody. I was waiting to hear the part about humility with, in re, uh, regards to judgment. I, was, it's, I don't even want to use the word. It's funny that we're talking about this today because it happens so often in my program. But I was in a very lengthy conversation last night um, about what is humility. And it's like I, and I have a Wayne Dyer book on the Tao that I've been resisting, like, reading what his little recap is because it's almost like when you're taking a quiz and you don't want to look for the answer in the back of the book. I'm like, no, I want to – it's better for me if I get to an answer on my own 
because you know I, I it just go into that process but we were having this conversation about what humility is and we never stop to look it up you know usually that's like we're a bit old look it up and it's just I love the conversation that it brings but what I had come down to was it being about judgment about saying you're better than me I'm better than you I'm not as good as you um you know, trying to just say, why do we have to judge everybody? And can't we just say, this is the role you play, period, without judgment. You're the supervisor, you're a leader, and you're given this role to, to guide. Someone has to. Um, but and I, I don't know if that's right, and I didn't know if that was right. And then here we are this morning talking about it again. And it's like I keep getting this glimpse of maybe that's what it might be. But, but the person I was talking with said, oh, I think I'm very humble. Like, I think, you know, compared to a lot of the people in the world, I'm really humble. I'm like, uh, I don't know <clears throat> if that works that way. If you can say, like, I'm humble AF, like, I'm so humble, it's crazy. I'm like, I, <laughs> I just thought, is that an oxymoron? <laughs> you know, or it's like, um, but but what it did for me was sitting here listening to everyone, I'm like, I really have no clue what real humility is and I'd rather just listen to everybody else's thought about it because you know I'm like maybe even Buddy doesn't know <laughs> you know and that's that's a judgment in of itself. Well, see now how can I be humble and answer that thing? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I that's I mean that's just the underlying tone of the way people talk. Even you know it's like oh and even when you say, oh, I could never talk about humility. You know, it's like there's always a judgment around all my thoughts and all of my, the way I view, and it's like, how do you get rid of that instinct to judge? Because I think it is an instinct, you know, when you think, I always go back to what we were like before technology and things. It's like, am I going to get eaten by that thing? You know, an instinct, a judgment is innate in us. So how do you get rid of that knee-jerk, judgment where am I safe am I am I in a safe place to give my opinion or should I remain low because I don't deserve to have an opinion well okay now remaining low is not about not deserving okay right, right. okay the judgment issue for me a course in miracles has helped me a lot with that mm-hmm in in understanding the idea and we talked about the separateness that when we first started talking this idea that when I judge you, I'm creating separateness. I'm either saying I'm better than or I am less than. That's the only reason to judge. And why in reality what's happening is everything's a mirror and you're judging yourself is all you're doing. You're making yourself separate from them. You're not doing anything to them. You're making yourself separate. So you're hurting yourself when you judge people. So that's the way I look at judgment. Anytime I'm judging someone, it's not about them, it's about me. So that's more that's that's more for me to do. You know, more work for me, you know. If I'm talking, you know, now, the humility part, for me I look at humility as knowing everything in my life is a gift. Everything. If I start thinking I'm the one that's making something happen, it's my, you know, that it's, you know, that it's not a gift from my father, then that is where lack of humility would come in for me. 
So I look at everything as a gift, everything, every breath, every, you know, everything that I have is a gift. And for me, that's where humility starts. So that way, if you compliment me on something, I can say thank you, but who I'm saying thank you to is really not you. I'm saying thank you to my father. Thank you for that. You know, you may hear it, but that's the way I've learned to to handle that kind of thing. Um, thank you to the universe, ever how you want to say that. But I don't, it doesn't, you know, it's not important as long as I know it doesn't come from me. That's the whole thing, you know. Um, Paul, you have something to? Yeah, uh, gratitude keeps me humble. Yes, very good. Thank you. It is gratitude, Paul. You're right. If I ever if I ever think I'm the one doing this, all I have to do is look at gratitude, and gratitude will get me right back where I need to be because I I can see that none of this is of my own ability. Because Kate, like we were talking about at first, the paradoxical idea of recovery is it's not me that's accomplishing this. So I can't help but be humble when I really know that it's not me doing it. So why don't I learn how to use that same principle in these other areas of life, which is exactly what this is talking about, I think. And how do we know when we're not doing it? Where's the angst and the push? What's the, what's the resistance? You know, when we're disturbed, it goes, that's a, you know, when we're disturbed, uh, what does it say? Anytime that we're disturbed, it's us that need to change. You know, that whole idea of reflecting back toward us, that that, that disturbance is our warning flag that we're not surrendered in some area. There's some area we're not being low, we're not being humble in, we're thinking that we're not getting our way, so we're pushing to try to get our way. When if we can learn not to resist and let things come to us instead, it'll all work out. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Any other comments, guys? The idea of never assuming what we know what's best reminded me of the acceptance. I'm not going to read it, but the, the uh, 417, 418 in the big book talking about, uh, I don't know what's good for me, so I certainly don't know what's good for you, that, that whole idea. And that's part of becoming humble, too, you know, is learning how to to just walk in this and just be in this flow and let things come to us instead. So good stuff. Well, if there's nothing else, guys. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.